Hey everybody, welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. My name is Craig Henson, so glad that you've joined us wherever you may be. Uh, I'm happy to be joined today by Executive Pastor Brian Cox. Hello, Craig. How are you? I'm doing great. Family Ministries Pastor Casey Callahan. Hello. Thanks for having me. And Outreach Pastor Chase Callahan. Hello. How are you guys today? Everybody good? Yeah. Yeah. Had enough of the rain? Yes. (laughs) I just came from Lowe's, and I had to pick up a thousand pounds of concrete in my Subaru. <laughs> I'm about to say, you are strong. Wow. You Not can at pick one up time. a thousand it's, pounds. It's for our camp, and that starts in a week. Nope. Yeah, well. Starts on Monday. Monday. Four so days. Four, four days. days. When, I don't know when you're listening to this, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it decided to pour down rain with quick creek concrete. So that means if water hits it, it goes like that. You yeah, know? and it's going to weigh 4,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I was a low rider this morning in the rain. So yeah, I'm we're done with the rain. Yeah. From, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I just laid sod too for this thing. What am I? Facilities guy here? I yes. think you are, yeah. Yeah. From the street to the creek. That's right, baby. <laughs> That's me. I'm all about so it. So what did you car did you put that in? My Subaru. Subaru. 2012 Subaru. Dude, it was low riding you, today. Did you we get a picture of that? Tires. Yes. Yeah, I as did. a matter of fact, yeah, well, we don't need to post You guys that. can't see it. I'm about to show it to everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the Tahoe, but the Subaru. Yeah, not the Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> not going to dirty that Tahoe up. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd put a tarp in there for that. Yeah. But I'm also from the backwoods, so. Yeah. I want to take it down into the woods. Casey, you won't let me. I would rather you not. For those that don't know, me and Casey are married. <laughs> yeah. So that's, we have the same last name. <laughs> so it's ironic. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Craig. Partners in life and ministry. That's right. That's, That's right. True. That's right. Yes. We do have another staff member that has my last name, Henson. That's right. Not related. Not related. So you, it's good at to, all? Or is there, uh, his, is there history there, Craig? I don't think so. Like, okay. I don't, as far as we could tell. He's Michigan. You are, like, originally. Texas? Yeah, no way. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no way. So Yeah, those people don't mix. You don't, <laughs> you don't sound true. like you're from Texas, though. No, my mom and dad were. Okay. I'm from California by Ooh. way of Chicago. So, mm. yeah. California. A Yankee. Oh. <laughs> half You're not You're from half. around here, are you? You're no not ma'am. from these parts, are you, buddy? No, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. That's right. All righty then. What are we doing? Hey, we're talking about uh, Just a Phase. We just wrapped up the series called Just a Phase, and we were talking about the different phases of life, and the phase that you're in now is that it's just a phase so don't miss it mm. and uh, we've been talking about this for four weeks and it's been an incredible series and chase you wrapped it up for us on sunday but the entire series is really good yeah it's one of my favorite series that we do um we did the last time we did this was it three years ago maybe? Mm-hmm. 2019 yeah and it it's from our curriculum um you want to talk a little bit about that Yeah, we use Orange Curriculum for our family ministries, and this was an initiative that Orange put out, wow, like, I don't know. Many moons ago. Yeah, maybe close to even 10 years ago um, Mm -hmm. that they started working on it. Um, Just realizing that every phase of life has a unique opportunity um, Mm -hmm. that we can leverage to point to God, to connect with people. Um, how you reach a 12-year-old is not how you will reach a 13-year-old. It yeah. is a, a completely different window of time. And so don't wish that time away because there's something distinctive you can do in that moment. Um, so, yeah, it's the first time I heard it, it, it literally changed my mind yeah. and my heart about ministry, about being a mom. It just turned everything We heard it at a conference called the Orange Conference like nine years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember – me and you sort of looking at each other every talk going, oh, my gosh, like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Like, people need to hear this, not just a bunch of leaders, like families, mm-hmm. churches. They need to hear this because it's not just a bunch of pastors giving their opinion. This is like psychologists that work with kids yeah. and doctors and professors mm-hmm. that know the insides and outs of their brains and how it functions and how do you mix faith with that. Mm-hmm. And so that ultimately shows you how to get the gospel to them immediately. And then it helps the parents know how to parent their kid even better so it doesn't frustrate you to where you're at wit's ends and you're quitting. But I remember going, hey, we have to go get every talk. Like they give this little card away Mm -hmm. or not give it away. You pay for it for (laughs) sure. (laughs) But 
you know, it's worth it. And mm-hmm. so we we bought that, you know, nine years ago. And I what I love about this series at this time is the talks were n- not necessarily the same. Mm-hmm. Like the same, it was still on the foundation of the phase initiative. Right. But the talks were really geared toward our congregation for right now, our community right now. And um, like this past Sunday, like sticky faith, you know, that's a whole nother message in itself besides the phase initiative. But what I felt was part of the phase things, if you're going from one phase to another, like you're never going to get out of a phase. Like there's Mm -hmm. always going to be a phase coming, whether Mm -hmm. you're a kid or whether you're a grown adult, you're always in some sort of phase. So when you're traveling from phase to phase, what do you, how do you keep your faith? Like, how do you stay strong? Like, you know, I gave stats on Sunday of the seniors leaving the faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to dinner last night with a student, and he, we were talking about it, and he said, is it true? Like, he, he came up to me Sunday and said, it, you know, are those stats true? And I said, I mean, yeah, they are. It's For mind-boggling. Sure. And he said, I don't want to be one of those stats. He's That's 11th awesome. grader. Yeah. And I said, what's funny is that we and I used your small group, Casey, mm-hmm. and I said we had fourteen or fifteen girls in in Casey's small group, and they they in their eleventh grade year said the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that stat. And this year we've had three, four out of those fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember sitting that that are seniors graduating. Yeah, I've been their small group leader for two years in their eleventh grade year had a huge circle. We just had a blast as a small group and I, I knew what was coming. I knew that their senior year they were gonna think I'm I'm too grown for this. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, college decisions to make. I've got my own life to live. Mm-hmm. And I just said, guys, a year from now you'll be finishing your high school career and it will be your last chance to ever be a youth in the youth ministry. It'll be your last chance to be the recipient mm-hmm of someone that's working so hard for you. After that, you switch over to the other side. Mm -hmm. And I said, don't waste that last year. Let us celebrate you. Mm -hmm. Like, don't don't wish it away, just please. And they all looked at me. They were like, we'll sign a contract. We will be here (laughs) in a year. And some of them still remember that and come up to Mm me. And and I'm still in contact with most of them, but but a lot of them have completely stopped coming to church. And that doesn't mean necessarily that they walked away from faith. Right. But mm-hmm. I do I do think that it means you walked away from making it a priority. A priority, accountability, so that it's easier for you to be distracted mm-hmm. and you to walk away from the faith. I I've seen that play out. I was gonna share you talking about phases. Mm-hmm. Um I I did a wedding this weekend. Yeah, that's right. Of a girl I've known since she was four years old. And I'm not going to say her name, <laughs> but uh, and and all of her sisters, I've known them since they were born. Right. And I'm thinking about the phase. I'm just I'm looking at them and I'm talking to their parents. And I'm thinking, you remember when? Mm-hmm. And those times in your life, the remember wins is when you need to. You really need to. I think Bob Goff says it. Uh, be where your feet are. Yeah. You need to yeah. really pay yeah. attention. Mm-hmm. Are we being intentional in those moments? Because in 20 years. Yeah, what you did then mm-hmm. spiritually, whether mm-hmm. you're in church, whether whatever you're teaching, they're going to live out. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it made me really, in some ways, sad. Yeah, that we don't pay attention in that phase enough, right? To strengthen those kids, and you hope you do enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I know, but we're so busy and we're so distracted right. that we don't make church a priority. We don't mm-hmm. make spiritual. You know, the spiritual life and your relationship with Christ priority. So when they get to that point and I'm doing counseling and I'm understanding, they have a misunderstanding Mm -hmm. of their faith. Totally. Well, yeah. Their faith is a weekend faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a lifestyle anymore. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we really need to do a better job. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where the church is. right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm saying big statements here, but Mm -hmm. like what I feel the universal church is that is those kids right are now adults yeah and those adults have weekend faiths meaning monday's different than sunday yeah you know and um I, the parent i'm sure feels like 
man, I got it wrong. You know, and the truth is, it's not too. It's never too late. Yeah. I, I just. Um, well, you know, you always see that happen. It happened to me. <clears throat> I was yeah. drugged to church my whole life. <laughs> okay, literally. <laughs> yeah. You know, they and, drugged you. Your parents drugged you. Yeah, <laughs> like they dragged me, not drugged me. <laughs> <laughs> they probably wanted to drug me. Yeah. <laughs> Take but, some more melatonin, kid. But, you know, it's it, it's like that same walk in life, that same phase. When you hit eleventh, twelfth grade, you're going to do what you want. You're going to live your way and mm-hmm. find out the hard way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to find out, even though I had the most amazing parents. Yeah. Right. I still. Well, you but, probably had your parents' faith. Yeah, I didn't really have my right? faith. Exactly. I had a good youth director that really loved me and, and poured into me. I think that played a big part mm-hmm. in me being in ministry right now. Right. So I look back at that and I can think that played a definite part in my life to find my way back. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, you know, we have to really build that faith mm. as much as possible for them to find their way back. Mm-hmm. You know, and remember when Right. And what I was taught. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the ba- the tough balance for us is as as church leaders, how much of it is on us? Right. Mm-hmm. How much is on the family, the the home environment, uh, all those things all factor into it, which complicates it even more, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I'm learning this and this is the scary part that my kids are going to be what I value. Mm. That's good, Brian. Yeah. That's right. I'm like, oh, what do I value? Oh. oh, my goodness. I need to really think about that. What is? What am I showing them that's important? Right. Is it golf? Yes, that matters. <laughs> it, it, is, that is, is what it, you're saying, yes. Is it a weekend faith or is it like, – I remember my mother, every morning at 6 a.m., I couldn't believe she did it. She's always praying and reading her Bible mm-hmm. every morning. Yeah. Never missed a Sunday or Sunday. Never missed a day. Mm-hmm. You know, what she showed me that was valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, what am I doing? What mm-hmm. am I showing them that matters? I always you go know? back to, you know, what I call prayer lane with my kids. Mm-hmm. And that's not because I want to be an holy roller. That's because I'm setting a standard of what's important yeah. to start the day. Mm-hmm. And the other morning, I'm walking my daughter to school, my 10-year-old, and, and we hadn't prayed yet because we, we're laughing, joking this at the end of the school year, you know, and... And she went, she got to the door and she came back and she said, oh, we forgot to pray, you know. And to me, you talk yeah. about value, I, mm-hmm. that that was a good, like, uh, uh, attaboy, <laughs> you know, yeah. for me personally to go back and say, okay, my kids, or at least one of them right yeah. now. Goes, not Rollins they, yet. Not, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, the value, they, he values prayer, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for me. At least that's what I'm. Hoping mm-hmm. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, stick, sticky, mm-hmm. yeah, a right. sticky thing. And you, you say golf, but you yeah. are teaching your daughters that they need a time of decompression. They mm-hmm. need some time away. They need to have an outlet. Um, so, you, as long as they make the correlation, I think you are teaching them something. With yeah, golf. That, uh, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I Spoken love that. by another golfer. I was right? about to say yeah. two right? golfers giving each other a pat on the back. Hey, you know. I'm trying to teach them the right way to go. Is that it? Is that right? Is that right? Chase, unpack this idea of sticky faith for us. Um, I mean, I will tell you this. The best person to do that is a lady by the name of uh, Kara Powell. For sure, yeah. And she's a brilliant human being. Um, But she has a book called Sticky Faith. And that's – we at that conference, we've heard her for many years, followed her for many years, and – and and I like to call it she's safe, you know, like a lot of people are like, Who is this lady? But she's she's great. Fuller Institute is where yeah, she's Fuller at. Youth Institute is where she works. Um, mm-hmm. But the premise of it is just like how to have your faith stick onto you so well when you leave, you know, she's primarily talking about students. When mm-hmm. you leave that home or that church, what is it that's going to be sticky about your faith that will withstand things in college, marriage, and then adulthood, work and yeah. stuff. So what would it look like? And, and the way that I took it was I, I took her content and said, what does that look like physically in our in our community? You know, and, and I give um, I give our our seniors I have for years given our seniors 
um, a book called Before You Go. Um, his first name is Gerald. Last name is really hard. Fida Myomi. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I butchered that one. Yeah, but he he's a great dude. And um, I thought this Sunday, this past, you know, or when I spoke this message, what if I tied that with what they're hope I'm hoping they're going to read? It's a short book. It's very practical. Um, but it's these principles before you go and you leave the home or you leave the church, you know, to go to college, here's what I would love for you to hear, you know, about your faith. And then I said, okay, but we need people to have sticky faith so it lasts. So I took both of those things and I, I narrowed it down to four action points so that you'll never have sticky faith, I don't feel like, if you don't at least focus on four action steps to to hold on to that faith. And I, I started off with, um, what did your, your dad called it something, Casey? Gorilla glue, is it? <laughs> it was, uh, anyway, but I, I use analogy of like, I tried to fix my refrigerator handle, and I was like, ah, let's get some glue and put it on there, you know? And what they didn't tell me was it it is so, like, adhesive, you know, that it will peel your skin off if it gets on you. And sure enough, I had glue on me for two, three weeks, you know, and then I would try to peel it off and it would hurt because it was peeling off layers of skin. And I remember that when I was doing this message because it's like, that's the evidence that we should have as Christians, as believers, of that you you should see the evidence of God all over you. And so should everyone else, you know. And what if it wasn't that complicated? What if it wasn't just abstract faith out there or like you referred to Brian as a Sunday faith or a weekend faith what if it was evident throughout the whole mm-hmm. week and in your life man could you imagine what it would look like to live with eyes open to that and that faith is just stuck to you and it's evident you know that's that's at least in this context yeah. is what I mean by that yeah it was so good and uh, you gave us some action steps and the first <clears throat> one was just love Jesus more <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's super simple, but I, I sort of got into, you know, Matthew 22, where he's like, love your God, love the, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. Like, it doesn't say with just pieces that work with your life. It's with everything. So mm-hmm. you got to start loving Jesus more than your addictions, more than your money, more than your academics for, you know, I think of some of these students that... They're trying so hard to get the best score, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's no, what does Jesus want me to do? Mm. Like, how mm. is this score, you know, what is it going to do to help me grow the kingdom? And there's some things that will, will but I just, where, where's your filter? What's that? you got to love Jesus more than your sports, you know. And uh, like I said, I talked to that student last night, and we talked about that. I mean, he's a big sports guy. And I asked him, I said, tell me, how does this play out in your sports world? Because we're, we're moving students from Sunday night to Wednesday night. And and we switched it to go Wednesday to Sunday because of sports. Mm-hmm. But now, thanks to every sport league in America, Sundays, pra- are, no Sundays are no longer holy. <laughs> like, yeah. there's practices, there's all that stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter at this point. So, and And he was just talking, you know, to use my words, I got to love Jesus more doesn't mean I don't show up for practice. It just means that I go to coach and say, hey, is there something that I can do because I really want to be a part of this church and I, or I want to, you know, or is it prayer before a match or what does it look like for Jesus to be more and to, for you to love him more? And then I, I did a little twist because we all were at um, North Point and we're a North Point partner and, and we heard Andy say the crazy phrase that – admirers of Jesus don't change the world, but followers do. And that hit us all, and I, I thought it, that was a prime example to to use that because if you're not loving Jesus more, then you probably might be an admirer of Jesus. Like you like the idea yeah. of him. But following Jesus means that you're going to sacrifice everything about your being, and you're going to say, you lead, I follow. Where an admirer is sitting in the stands going, yeah, that's awesome. You play the game well. I actually, I actually like you, but I'm not gonna get dirty. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hurt for you. I'm not gonna sacrifice for you. You know, and um, and that 
I mean, that to me is a great statement because we need more followers of Jesus, not admirers of Jesus. And man, you remind yeah. you remind me many years ago <laughs> when I played basketball in high school. Okay, talking about. I'm not sure my motivation was love Jesus more. <laughs> it's probably because I was a pretty girl on the trip. <laughs> but we had basketball practice through the Christmas holidays. And that every year we would go to Way Floyd. Oh, yeah. That camp. On a youth trip. Tennessee. And I went to the coach and I said, I have to go to this trip. He said, well, you go. You're going to pay the price. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, what is that? He said, I want 60 laps a day. For the next oh two weeks after practice, if you go, this is what you're going to have to do. And I said, I'm going on that trip. Right. So yeah. when I got back every day after practice, I had to run. And he would stand there and count them. And I had to run 60 laps every day. And two things that pop up. Kudos to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First of all, mm-hmm. for making that decision, because most students, at least in this context, would see that and go, no way. Yeah. I don't want that. But do you love Jesus more, you know, yeah. to make him like a priority? I said, I had a girlfriend. Right. But, I get it. I get it. But I'll say, I'll say this for that. I get why he needed me to do that. I wasn't bitter about it. Mm-hmm. I understood the team concept. Those guys thought I was nuts, though. Why would you go on a church trip? Right. Why would you do that? But I, did think, I do think it said something to them. Yeah, they probably remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I was going to say the mm-hmm. second thing was, man, what a what a guy. <laughs> let's just say as a coach to go. I mean, I just let's do it a couple of practices. Like, okay, yeah. but two weeks and you're going to stand there over you. Come yeah. on, counting one, come on, two. And I saw him after I graduated, like five years later, and we laughed and we talked about that because he had. Quit See, coaching. And he bitter. worked at a golf course, believe it or not. <laughs> oh wow! And we he was just we were just laughing about it. And I he said, probably yeah. never thought you would do it. And no. I said you were such a jerk. <laughs> you said that. Yeah, that's awesome. He said, "Yeah, I was." <laughs> okay, good, good. What a guy! What a guy! Coaching but, has changed a lot. It has in the last few years. Yeah, I get a trophy now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for, Everybody nothing, does. for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. <laughs> um, one of the you mentioned Andy's statement and. That's stuck to us, right? Right. As a and, and our faith has grown because that that mm-hmm. quote has stuck to us. Um, then you, I I even hate to bring this up because I <laughs> I am so bad at this. You said pray for strangers. This is classic. It was great uh, because it is. It's so simple. And you know what? I'm gonna brag on my father-in-law for a minute. And people know him around here at the church. Called his name is Big Mike. And he told me. He said. Uh, I used your second point in your message the other day, and and he's retired, and but he started working for Walmart for just you know a little bit, and he's at the front, you know, self checkout, and he saw this lady uh, up there, and she was having some trouble, so he went over there and, ma'am, can I can I help you? And she said, yeah, da 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 da, right. Come to find out, she he started talking to her, and her husband has terminal liver cancer wow. and she just dropped him off for some um, treatments or whatever and she was going to get some groceries and he said well ma'am uh, I heard this in a message at my church would you mind if I prayed with you and like I'm getting emotional mm-hmm. because yeah, A the history of my father-in-law but to see this in action she said absolutely Absolutely. And so he, he prayed with her right there in Walmart. He said, I'll probably get fired eventually for this, but <laughs> but he prayed for her. Yeah. And and she said, You don't know how that made that made me feel. That was great. You know, that's what he told me. And and that's what my point was with this one is that when you are a follower of Jesus, the whole praying without ceasing, which means you know, you're in prayer all the time, is not like you're on your knees necessarily in the prayer stance. It's that you're opening your eyes to people around you that God is sending your way for you to pray over and pray for. It may not mean you do what Big Mike did and go up to them necessarily, yeah. 
But you see them and all of a sudden you, you, you stop what you're doing and you pray for God to be evident in their life, for God to heal what is broken. Um, and you may never see the harvest of that, but that seed planted is huge. But you want to take it a step further. Yeah. Pray for strangers. Mm-hmm. Go up and say, hey, I know you don't know me. I don't know you either, but I just I feel like I need to pray for you. And maybe if that's weird, I just is there something that I can pray for you about a little later or? And it changes the mood. It changes everything. It's not mm-hmm. what you can do for me. It's what what can we do for them, right? And so um, to have sticky faith means that praying for strangers is a priority to you. It means you're living with eyes open. You're not being self-centered. And what was funny about this was in the, I think it was second service that I that I said this and I said, you know what, Let, let's actually do it right now. Maybe it was first. I don't remember. But I said, let's do it right now. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm going to pray for you. And it it was so awkward. Like it yeah. was like, you know, you couldn't hear. And I said, you can't even you can't even do it right now. Like just turn to to another neighbor and say, I'm, I want to pray for you. And just verbally saying those things, it feels so weighted. Now we we're, we're a, we want to be a, a church that unchurched people want to attend, right? I mean that's our vision and things. But and I understand that an unchurched person probably doesn't want to do that. I get that. I'm not necessarily talking to you right now. What I'm talking to you about is finding Jesus. But I'm, what I'm talking to is these people that claim to be these awesome believers, but you don't want to pray for anybody. You don't want to take them before God. Like, I don't know. I think if you're going to have sticky faith, love Jesus more and, and pray for strangers is a big deal. I, I will say, because I talk to my dad every day, <laughs> every day, um, He, yep, he's working at Walmart, and there's a lot of not fun things about working at Walmart. I'm sure. Um, but my dad really took this message to heart, and he started praying Monday morning, like, God, yeah. Let me see the opportunity. And Open my eyes. That's what he's yep. saying. And so he actually every day he's called and said, can I tell you what God did today? And my brother had surgery this week. So my dad was at the hospital with him. And um, while they were in, like getting him ready, my dad was waiting in the hallway. And he turned around and he saw, um, he's not sure exactly how old, she, how old she was, but looked like you know a high schooler was in the room completely by herself. Like just kind of looked scared sitting there like, and he just walked up and he said, can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. And he said she just started bawling. Mm-hmm. I mean, just started crying. And uh, he had a coworker that mm-hmm. didn't have any money for lunch. So he shared his lunch. And he said, can I pray over this lunch before we eat right. it? And so literally every day, and he said, it's, he said, don't ask God for something if you don't expect it to happen. He said, mm-hmm. my eyes are open. And it's like, how do you not do it mm-hmm. when you ask God for the opportunity and then he just puts it right there? Mm-hmm. Like how do you, and so God'll give you the boldness that you yeah. need. I mean, if you ask him to to help you with it, absolutely. Well, and, and, I, and I was just gonna say that that sticky faith, I think it sticks to you, but it also sticks to other people. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. mm-hmm. totally. I believe that my dad's faith is sticking on those other people mm-hmm. when he walks away. Like, and he may never see the harvest of that. Never. But, but I, I bet you they'll remember yeah. that. And that's something that's sticking on them. Well, sticky, I believe, sticky faith means in this context that you are, what would it, what would it look like for you to be a part of someone else's story, right? So in that instance, he's a part of all these other people's stories, right? Um, the other day on my way, I don't remember what or where it was, but I I came across all these cars, you know, backed up, and people were just driving by, and I see that it was a wreck, and the car was flipped upside down, mm-hmm. and it was fresh, you know. I don't, I don't, I mean, I have a weak stomach, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Me too. You know? can't even change diapers, right? Like <laughs> before I knew it, I was in park, and I was inside that car pulling that lady out of the car. I'm not a hero. I'm not any, I mean, it, it wasn't that, at the end of the day, she walked away unscratched. Like it was crazy. She wasn't even hurt really, just shook, shooken up. But I, I was able to, inside that car, her name was Patty. I was talking to her. I told her who I was. And I, and I said, I'm, I'm praying for you right now. We're going to get you out of here. It's going to, you're going to be okay. And she just kept saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, you know, don't say the you know just focus on my voice where it's okay it's okay it's okay 
And in that moment, she probably don't remember my name, but she remembers probably that there was a guy that was in there with me. And I'm hoping that she remembers that there was a God in there, you know, and pulling her out. And I did, you know, I just wanted to be a part of her story in a way that was evident that it wasn't me, it was God, you know. And these are just stories that happen when you live with eyes open. Again, I don't look for wrecks to go up to, right. or I don't, I don't necessarily look for people in Walmart or the grocery store that I can go up to and go, hey, let me pray for you. It's more or less being in tone with the Spirit of saying, I have a relationship with you, Jesus, and you are going to tell me through your Spirit who you need me to, to, to pray for today. That's praying for strangers. And I believe if you're looking – expecting yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. sure we always call it the waffle house experience yeah yeah because we're always we used to go there probably told this story a thousand times but we used to go there and and became really good friends with that those waitress. ladies that yeah. worked there and you know even brought gifts at christmas mm-hmm. and just being in their lives being in their story they never came to church right that wasn't my goal i mean i'd love for them to but it was more about being in their story right praying for them where they were mm-hmm and I think that's what Jesus taught us too, that we love where we are. Right. But we gotta be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that, Chase. That I think that's something that the world needs so bad right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. To see a real Jesus. Yeah. At Walmart, at Waffle House, right. at school, you know, and and that's I think that's something I hope to see happen in the church. Sure. You know. Yeah, we talked about this next point a little bit before we hit record. And it goes so great with this, but um, we talked about being a participant, mm-hmm. not a consumer. Mm. And unfortunately, that consumer mentality that has infected all of America has infected the church as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, every restaurant caters to the consumer, which that's part of their business, right? And so you start that, and then like Chick Fil A does it the best, you know, yeah. like they're that's God's chicken apparently, and. They do it well, and I I know for me I even look at it and go, our process is how are Chick Fil A doing it because they're focused on the consumer, but where it when where it flips and you have this sticky faith is Jesus didn't call us for easy right He called us to participate to be a part of the movement of God, and so at some point you're going to have to switch and go it's not about me. And what is my role? What 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 does this mean for me to participate in the movement of God? And we see that all the time in church and volunteers. Like, you know, the funny thing with churches is that they never have enough volunteers. And I would just like to say after COVID, I would just like volunteers. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right, but it, it it's. We gotta. I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we gotta shift the thinking into my role isn't to just come in and consume. My role is to come in and participate. The church is designed, yes, to equip the saints. If we're going old school, there, yes, it is. But you can be equipped while you while you participate, mm-hmm. because probably equipping you means that you should be participating, so you understand what equipping looks like. You know, um, sometimes the best way to learn your job is to do it. Hundred percent. And if you're always, that's why I've heard uh, some of my friends even say, "Man, I could be a full time student." You know, if that was my job, for the rest of my life, I could just go to school and be a full time student. And some people love that. Like, they love tests. They love learning. They love. I love learning, but you got to go from being a student to actually doing your craft. At what point do you start working? You know, yeah. at what point do you start getting your hands dirty? And the church as a whole doesn't need a bunch of consumers. If you want to be that, then go to the restaurants, go to the targets, and, and be a consumer. But if you want to come and be a part of and participate in God's movement and watch God move in your life into other people's lives and use you in a mighty way for your community then you'll you'll come in and be equipped and participate, not just consume. This point right here is a whole message in itself. Mm-hmm. I was running out of time and I, I was I mean, I hit on on it, but 
James 1, act what you know, act on what you hear, be doers of God's word. Um, and I love how the message puts that because don't fool yourself into thinking that you're you're a listener because you're doing everything but. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you're not listening to me. Be doers of the word, like go. He charged the disciples, the, his his best friends, and he's he's hey, don't go and consume, don't go and admire me. No, go make disciples and follow me. You know, like go and do something. I'm passionate. Can you tell I'm passionate? No, it's it's great. It, it reminds me of uh, when I was raising our boys, and I, <laughs> what did I tell you to do? Right. <laughs> Well, you, you know, and yeah. they could spit it back to me. Why didn't you do it then? Right. <laughs> I got it up here. As like, so we're a church that we want people to enjoy coming to. Like that's, mm-hmm. that is a value of ours. Believer, non-believer, everybody's welcome. We want it to be an enjoyable experience. But if you profess to be a follower of Jesus and you don't every day realize that Jesus came to serve and not be served. Mm. But you walk into this building expecting to be served, then you need to reread the scripture because we are here to serve the non-believers. Mm-hmm. Like that is yes. that is what we exist for is to point people to to God and to inspire people to follow Jesus and want to be like Jesus. Jesus never wanted to be served ever he he would in fact you know flip it so that he could serve someone if someone was trying to serve him like it was he he came to serve so how as a professing christian jesus follower can you not say i need to serve and yes i'm passionate about family ministries and we need nursery workers and we need small group leaders and all that but even outside of the church mm-hmm. like if in your life you're mm-hmm. not willing to serve mm-hmm. You have it wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think that it's all about being served by the church, you have it wrong. It it I I've done a message before called Boss Baby, and so it's based off of that show. You know, the Boss Baby where he's he's dressed up in a suit and tie, <laughs> yeah. but he still is a baby. <laughs> um, I listen to what you're saying. I'm thinking, okay, again, mission vision. We want to be a, a church that un, unchurched people want to attend this place. And if an unchurched person comes in here, they're not going to get that. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not going to know what Scripture is. They don't, and that that's okay. Absolutely. That's why the equipping part, we want you to be introduced to Jesus or reintroduced to Jesus like mm-hmm. in, a, in a cool way, in a mighty way. But at some point, when you, when you get Jesus, right, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get out of the boss baby syndrome. Stop drinking milk from a bottle. Like drink it from yeah. a glass, okay? Because it's it you got to move in from that consumer to to participate, right? So um, you got Jesus at, with the tax collectors, and and even um, I can't remember which disciple it was, but I mean it was almost like he it, they were so lost at the beginning, and finally he's like, hey, do you want to follow me? Mm-hmm. Then let's go. So and 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 then leave. Well, no, let me go bury my dad or you know whatever he's like no let the dead bury the dead like follow me and that's easy for us to say in here but that's how serious jesus was about participating was that no like you don't understand we got work to do i'm here you got me now let's go let's move the kingdom let's let's do something but i never want us to as a as our church to say well the unchurched people should get it because no, that's no, not true. That's right. It, we're not expecting. That's like when when someone for the first time comes in and they're you know they're not a believer or whatever, and and we're talking about giving or whatever it may be. We always say, look, we're not asking you to give. Like that's if this is new to you, don't. That's not what we're here for. What we we want to introduce you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. But at some point, when you get Jesus and you have a relationship with Him, you will find to Casey's point that He came. To serve, not to be served. So now that's you. What what role are you playing in this kingdom uh, mindset to participate, not just to consume always? Yeah, if a listener is uh, maybe confused about whether they're an admirer of Jesus mm. or a follower of Jesus, this is a great barometer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, one of the things that we talk about in Life Track 
when we are encouraging people to begin volunteering is we talk about them beginning to see themselves the way that God sees mm-hmm. them. And for me, that kind of goes along with your last point, that, that God loves you in, unconditionally. And so em, embrace uh, God's love for you and, and how he's created you uniquely. Hmm. I, uh, man, I, I could sit on this point for a long time because um, we just I'm reminded of your story, Casey, that you told me about this girl that made the statement that and, and she's a believer that God doesn't love me or God yeah. doesn't like us, you know, and I'm like, no, that's not true whatsoever. It's not true. God so loved the world that he gave his son for you, meaning he, he, he likes you so much that he would give up his own blood, so to speak, and, and sacrifice him so he could have you for eternity. Mm-hmm. And we need to be reminded on the daily that God loves you. Yeah. He, and he, and he lo- you know what? He loves your horrible past. And he and he he loves the things that you don't understand because he wants to walk with you through them, and he wants to be that stable, that anchor, you know, person in your life. Even when you can't see him, you you just have this relationship with him that he's there. And so um, I told this story about Rollins, you know, and everybody related to that. Where I look, she's so beautiful and. You know, she's three years old in a car seat looking out the window, and I and I see her, and I'm like, babe, do you know that you're made in the image of God? And God loves you so much, and she just sort of stared like she does at me. And and then I said, no, 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 seriously. And then she she looks at me, and she says, can I have your phone? You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I told that story on Sunday because, like, I, I wanted a reaction out of Rollins, mm-hmm. so that everyone knows, or no, that she knows, and I knew that she, we God was in the moment, you know. Yeah. But it's not up to me to 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 have the perfect reaction. Mm-hmm. It's for me to be obedient and say, "God loves you," right? And, and it's for me to be obedient and to to raise my child in a way that sets sets a standard that says, "Hey, we are loved by God, and we are going to serve Him because." He is so gracious and merciful and all the things that we've talked about in this podcast. But at the end of the day, if we don't get the reaction that we want, that doesn't mean that it was null and void. Like, Or we shouldn't be going after the reaction. We should just be going after the obedience of doing it. You know, I think what you said there <laughs> with Rollins is a perfect picture of me. And others that have in that moment in their life, they're screaming at God for what they want, mm-hmm. yeah. mm. and they're missing what they need. Mm. That I love you, Jesus says, "I love you." Yeah, I want my phone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love you. But I love. You. I want my house. <laughs> yeah, I love you. I want to get married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love. I mean, and I just think about that. How I've done that in my life. How I'm like, well, I want this God, I want this God, and God, and and you know, John said it. I think I talked about this in one of my messages. Said that in his last days, they said, "What would you say?" And he said, "The one thing you never need to forget, if you did nothing else from Jesus, is that He loves you. Yeah, mm-hmm. love yeah. one another. That is that is it." Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm reminded again today in this podcast that. Regardless of what's going on, you know, this world, it's a crazy week and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's sad things that are happening yeah. we see on the news. And, and But I think we need to understand that God is saying to us, you're beautiful. I love you. Mm-hmm. I am. Look to me. Look at me in the face. Mm-hmm. Look in my eyes. And I think, you know, Peter walking on the water, look at me. Mm-hmm. Don't take your eyes off me. I think that's the the one thing that we need to get as a church. And I think if we get that, if we learn to love like Jesus loves us, Mm -hmm. it will change the world. Mm -hmm. We have a hard time doing that Mm -hmm. because we're so distracted Mm -hmm. with give me, give me what. I don't even know how to 
I'm I'm caught up in it like you guys are, you know. I mean, with raising children and you know trying to battle the gas prices and mm-hmm. inflation and all that crazy stuff. But in, in, at the end, God's always saying that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is what matters. Yeah, I you think know? if <clears throat> your faith will start to stick, and I, I did this on every point, but this one is is it. Your faith will start to stick when you realize that God loves you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Like it'll change you. It ch- yeah, it it'll does. change everything you say, everything you do. You'll see people differently when yeah. you know how God sees you. I, and you I, don't, I don't know we we're running out of time, but like my past, oh gosh, it's awful. But I made some major mistakes in my past, but. And even my wife is the one who who shows this to me, God's love unconditionally. And I'm just now, years later, starting to go. I'm okay. Like you, you. That's in the ocean, like at the bottom of the ocean. You, you, you don't even remember that. Mm-hmm. What you remember is me, right now. And it, that it will, it will change you. It will show you. Um. That that it that you can continue mm-hmm. when you've especially for those that have had a past or those that are and, made mistakes and you know and it will inspire you to be part of other people's story mm-hmm. totally when you experienced I love that about your dad mm-hmm. when he when he saw that clearly what that mm-hmm. meant yeah oh okay All I right. can change the world at Walmart mm-hmm. right I can change the world where yeah. I'm at. Absolutely. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. We should have him on one day. We should. Yeah. We so should. Yeah. He has so many stories. <laughs> that old big Mike on here. Stories with Mike. <laughs> so <laughs> the series Just a Phase is not really a parenting series, but there is that undertone yeah. that runs throughout, of, throughout it. And um, as our listeners will come to understand, uh, we've been greatly influenced by Andy Stanley and his yeah. teaching. Yeah. Uh, but this quote, uh, from Andy is so good. He said, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone you raise. And mm. uh, Chase, you and Casey both referenced that in your messages in the mm. series. Um, just talk a little bit about that. Man, I, it's hard because I um, don't always feel like I do a good job of that, you know? And... Um, I go back to Kara Powell too. You know, she she talks similar on the same things. Is your faith that you interact with your kids may be the biggest thing that impacts them, not the times that you've, you know, played sports with them or yeah. took them on vacations to nineteenth time to Disney World. I mean, that's going to have some impact for sure, but the greatest impact is you sharing their faith in front of them. Um, it, with with their kids and 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 I again I I'm not perfect at this. If you walk by my house, you will probably hear my voice and my kids' <laughs> voice. You know, like no, I'm not beating them, but we're close. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But no, they, we parent, yes, yeah. and there's room for discipline for sure. But there are days when I go, Lord, I don't, man, I don't know what I'm doing, and and I just rest. In knowing that, okay, but am I showing them Jesus? You know, am, am I leading by example in that? Because I think there's there's power in in just man. There's a there's power in the name of Jesus, and so when you're praying over your kids, show them that there's power in the name of Jesus. You know, um, show them, and that's what I do with these students even here. You know, they'll mm-hmm. they'll say. You know, Jesus and not a good way, so to oh, speak, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, it, I, I don't blast them, but I go, man, it needs so good. You better be careful next time you use that because that's a powerful name, dude. Like the more you use it, like like it's, it could it could happen. It could come down on you, bro. You know, and I'm joking with him, and he's like, "What do you mean by that?" And I'm like, "Because think about it." And I and I do these have to come these have these conversations with them. Same thing with our kids, like. Yes, discipline, but also raising them up with a priority of power and authority in Jesus. 
and putting them for I use that prayer lane thing as an uh, example, you know, just raising them that way. You got any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I think as parents, you have to make a decision on if this is going to be a priority or not. Um, it, it's not going to, there's not a microwave process to this. So I think you have to sit down and say, this is something that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then you pray and you ask God to help you. And then you look at every single opportunity that you have to see if there's a way to point to God in it. Right. And I bet you there is. Um, the very first week of the phase um, series I talked about in Deuteronomy when Moses is saying, like, put this into your children's heart, write it on the foreheads, write it on the door frames as you're walking about, talk about it. <clears throat> and just basically that saying, you know, the when you raise the next generation, like Brian said, they're going to be what you value. So if you're going to take this serious, mm-hmm. then let's value it. Um, and so look for those moments, look for the prayer lanes, look for, you know, asking God to be a part of everything that you do. And I think when we show kids just a week in faith, that is so easy to walk away from. Mm-hmm. But when you lead kids in an everyday, every moment faith and so much of their life from when they wake up in the morning until they go to bed at night is tied to a God that loves them and that cre- created them and has a purpose for them. Even if one string gets cut in life, they're tethered in so many places. And so I think as families, we have to get serious. This can't just be a Sunday thing or a every other Sunday thing or a once a month Sunday thing. And then you come and look at us. Why is my kid doing this? And Chase and I have joked you know, we see parents that have not taken this serious and they've planted a seed and they're surprised when it doesn't grow to be an oak tree. Like, why is my right. kid yeah. a weed? Well, what did you plant and water? Like, uh, you get what, you, what you're sowing. And so I think this generation, the, the millennials, and we have to get serious about our priorities. And if we want to raise kids that are going to stay tethered to God for the next generation, then we make it a priority. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, and here at Marathon Church, we're serious about mm-hmm. reaching the next generation. Yeah. Uh, this is an outstanding conversation, y'all. I appreciate. I mean, we could talk for hours here mm-hmm. about just the phase. I appreciate you so much joining us today, and thank you to all of you that are listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. And for more content, follow us on social media at Marathon Church. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit us at info at marathonchurch.org with your comments and your questions. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you next time.